Hello, hello everyone, and welcome to the 14th episode of the Wormburner Podcast. I am your host, Justin, and for this week, we've got a lot coming at you since the news wasn't really covered this previous week because we had our amazing interview with Zealand. If you have not listened to that, I highly suggest going back and listening to that episode. Very inclusive and just a overall great interview that I highly recommend anyone to listen to. With this week, we of course have to talk about Darwin Nunez to Liverpool, as well as the confirmation of Erling Brent Holland to Manchester City, and overall a whole bunch of other news in the works. We have Maurizio Pochettino and PSG parting ways, as well as Giorgio Chiellini to LAFC, and what the aftermath of that could be for the MLS. And then, of course, going to our league breakdown of the week, we are going to the Netherlands to break down the Eredivisie League. It has a very interesting, interesting history behind it, and not to really spoil anything, but it's something I did not expect at all and will cover in our interesting fact of the week this week having to do with that. If you have not already, follow us on Twitter. Our tag on Twitter is WormburnerPDC. CST again that is at Wormburner PDCST and if you haven't followed our Facebook our Facebook is facebook.com forward slash the Wormburner podcast let's go ahead and get into this week's episode all right so for this week we have a whole bunch of news that has happened this previous two weeks one of the main ones that has happened today and I wanted to touch base a little bit with is of course Erling Brent Holland being confirmed to Manchester City. I feel like this is going to be a really, really good thing for Manchester City. Of course, having one of the best prospects in the entire generational landscape of soccer signing for Manchester City. I think it's just a overall great thing. I know that a lot of teams and, and a lot of other pundits when it comes to soccer in general, they are either hesitant or very scared of what can happen with this. I'm a little bit optimistic because I'm not entirely sure if Erling Brett Holland will hit the ground running being a Manchester City fan myself, but I'm taking a unbiased point of view with this. It's a good signing for one major reason, of course, Manchester City not having a recognized striker this previous year has really showed that they are still very strong even though they may not have that designated striker. They they did, of course, have one with Gabriel Jesus, and he is on the move as well. If I'm not mistaken, the latest has him linked to either Tottenham or Arsenal based off the preliminary rumors out of that, but it's overall a very good signing for a generational talent for Manchester City. It's just a overall good situation now. The thing that you have to bring into this is, of course, Liverpool have gone and signed a center forward in the form of Darwin Nunez from Benfica. I'm excited for this to see how Darwin Nunez picks up in the Premier League, seeing that, of course, with Manchester City, knowing that Ederson came from the Portuguese League and seeing how well he's transitioned into the Premier League. 
I'm interested to see if Darwin Nunez has that same effect when it comes to Liverpool. I know that they're going to be putting him into that center forward role, being that either replacement for Roberto Firmino, or he could slide into the left side. I know that he's been utilized a couple of times on the left side, but with the very limited research and actual viewing of Darwin Nunez, I wanted to go to his stats to actually show what he's done, and he has done a lot. I didn't even really realize this. He has 26 goals and 28 appearances in the Portuguese League, as well as six goals and 10 appearances in the Champions League. He's putting up pretty consistent numbers, and overall, he's getting just over two goal actions per 90, and it really shows having the four assists as well. So a goal action being, of course, either a goal or an assist, and an action causing uh, a goal. I think it really shows what Liverpool is trying to get out of their center forward. I think this is a strong signing. I know that a lot of different pundits, I know one specifically, I can't remember his name, said that this was a absolute waste of money, which... I find it very hard to believe because seeing Roberto Firmino not being as influential as he usually is in these Liverpool sides, they need to find somebody to replace him in the near future because he is getting to that time frame where they need to start thinking about it. And I think Darwin Nunez is a really good lineup to be able to have that replacement ready and in the side and already developing within their facilities and learning their techniques. So by the time Firmino does decide to either live, leave Liverpool or put up the boots, it, they already have a ready-made center forward ready to go. And it's just an interesting situation. And I'm very much looking forward to see what happens with Darwin Nunez. I think this overall, I think it's a really good situation now is he going to hit the ground running like everyone's making it out to be I know a lot of people are saying that Darwin Nunez and Erling Brent Holland are going to be competing for the golden boot this next year I, I think that's a little premature especially with the two strikers being brand new to the Premier League if I was to say between the two which one is going to do better this is just my overall unbiased opinion of course, I think Erling Brett Holland is going to be a little bit better. And I know with you knowing that I'm a Manchester City fan, screaming bias, I, I want to back up what I'm saying here because the Bundesliga is a much more competitive league in, when it comes to the overall competitiveness and stature. When it comes to the, the Bundesliga and the Portuguese league, there is that level of competitiveness that the Portuguese league doesn't have. Now, am I saying Darwin Nunez is going to be a flop? Absolutely not. I think if Liverpool plays their cards right, he can be very, very good for them. And, and in in some instances, I think he could be better than Holland. I don't want to say too, too much and say that, like, oh, he's going to outscore him for so-and-so amount of years. No, that's not what I'm saying, but he can be as good or get up to the level if Liverpool play their cards right and be 
a influential member of Liverpool and have that impact on the side, bringing them up to a Holland-based Manchester City and not to really put everything around Erling Brandt Holland because, of course, you have the playmakers like Phil Foden and Kevin De Bruyne. You've got all of our, our wingers as well. When it comes to Manchester City, it, it's a... What I'm trying to say is it's a very good combination to have and to have Liverpool bring in to stay competitive with a team like Manchester City. I think this was a a very good signing showing that Liverpool has intent and especially since we also had leaked information I believe later on in the Mbappe situation that PSG and Real Madrid were not the only sides he was looking at. I think to one report there was a situation stating that Liverpool were looking to sign Mbappe as well, which is absolutely crazy. And at least to the position that Liverpool are in, I'm surprised that they didn't try for another striker. I know that of course, they want to replace Roberto Firmino, but I think this is a very good, mild situation where there wouldn't cause too much uprising, and not uprising, but too much resistance. Having a player like Darwin Nunez come in, I know a lot of people may have said that they were looking, they would maybe look to replace Roberto Firmino even earlier and get Robert Lewandowski in the door as his replacement. I think that would have been a uh, interesting situation, but as a unbiased as a person looking from the outside in, I think the signing of Darwin Nuñez is definitely something that Liverpool have capitalized very well on and I look forward to see what Darwin Nuñez can do for Liverpool. Now going on to other news, I know that not a lot of people, but a lot of people may have missed this. I know for a fact that I did because when I was scrolling to my, through my Twitter feed, I saw this happen. I'm like, wait, what? This happened? So PSG and Maurizio Pochettino have parted ways. So I know that one report did state that he was fired. I'm not entirely sure how legitimate that is, but all we know is that the two parties have split, and now PSG are looking to bring in a new coach to guide this PSG side to even further glory and maybe even a Champions League title. Honestly, for me, there is only one person for this job that I feel is a perfect fit for every single box that PSG needs to fill. I don't want to spend too long talking about it, but that man is Zinedine Zidane. It's it's it is as cut and dry as that. You have a big time winner of the Champions League in Zinedine Zidane both as a player and as a manager, winning 3 of them with Real Madrid and you also have him being French as well so he can be able to guide these younger stars like Mbappe and some of the other younger talent coming through the academy at PSG as well as the stars in general having to do with Sergio Ramos, Messi, 
you have Neymar, you have all of these talents that look up to a player like Zinedine Zidane that they may have watched as a kid as well, seeing and, and wanting to play and mimic like him. It's just absolutely crazy to me that PSG could be looking at someone other than him. <laughs> I Honestly, I feel like this is something that is a foregone conclusion. I don't want to say, yes, this is happening, put in my my seal of approval, this is happening. No, I, I don't want to do that. But if PSG go for any other manager but Zinedine Zidane, there are going to be some question marks on my end because you have somebody in the free agent list uh, having to do with coaches, of course, like him at that caliber in a French side, in the most dominant French side as of recent history, this is a match made in heaven. And I don't know why PSG would want something other than that. That's the only reasoning that I can really think of. PSG want a winner. Zinedine Zidane is that winner when it comes to a manager. And I think he can really curb and really put in the overall managerial technique to mesh this PSG side into making it one of the best teams in Europe. It's a prospect that I very much look forward to, and I hope that that gets pushed through and and made confirmed within the near future. Now, something else that has come up and has been confirmed as of yesterday Giorgio Chiellini has been confirmed to LAFC. The Italian defender has signed for the Los Angeles side as a free agent. What a signing. What a absolute signing. This is, I feel, honestly, this is a coup when it comes to the MLS having a player of that caliber. I know that he is in the retirement stage he is a bit on the older side he's 37 years old when it comes to players in general but he's still considered one of the best defenders in the world which is crazy to me that he's signing for a side like LAFC in the MLS this can have a unbelievable impact for the MLS and I know I know if you've listened to previous episodes you've listened to me emphasizing the youth talent growing our youth now I don't want to disrespect the older generations and the older players that are coming in here because when it when it comes to the MLS it is a very fragile system that we are still growing And when we have these older talents coming in, we need to have them bringing with them the talent to make everyone else better, if that makes sense. I hope that makes sense. And a player like Giorgio Chiellini, a generational talent like him coming to play in the MLS, the wealth of knowledge this man possesses is absolutely incredible. And this is not to have any disrespect towards any international player or any big name that has come before Giorgio Chiellini, but to have a talent like him coming to the MLS, it is an absolute steal and a wealth of information that LAFC can use bringing in more younger talent to say, hey, 
If you want to learn from the best, you can be taught by Giorgio Chiellini. Play alongside him as well. Depends on how many years he has on his contract. I think it's either one or two based off reports. But it's unbelievable the wealth of knowledge that can come out of this signing. Aside from an overall great defender coming into the MLS to be teaching the other players at LAFC and teaching even other defenders to learn how to prepare and attack and how to assess different situations. It's it's a absolutely amazing signing. And going into the future of the MLS, there has been something that has come up and it's within the recent news. It is rumored that Lionel Messi is going to be coming to the MLS next season at the end of 2023 in June after his contract with PSG is ran out or has ran out. I am very interested to see if that happens, but overall a little skeptical because if we have such a signing like that coming to the MLS to play their last years, wow, holy Holy cow, that is going to be amazing and something that the MLS can look forward to going into the 2026 World Cup that we could have some really, really massive star talent playing here by the 2026 World Cup where we'll have a whole bunch of momentum hosting the event and it's just going to be an overall amazing experience and something that Zealand highlighted I don't think the rest of the world really knows how prepared we are to host this World Cup in 2026. It's going to be an absolutely monumentous event, and I look forward to going to a couple games, I hope. It's going to be just an amazing overall experience Overall experience in the world of soccer. It's, it's going to be amazing, and I look forward to the U.S. doing that because the amount of pleasure that's going to come from that it's going to be unbelievable i'm so excited for that so with that wrapping up the two weeks news highlights over the previous two weeks let's go ahead and get into the league breakdown this week the eredivisie all right so for this week we are going to be covering the eredivisie when it comes to the league breakdown. So with the Eredivisie, if you do not know, the Eredivisie is the top flight professional league in the Netherlands that has been around since 1956 was their first inaugural year. But the concept of the Eredivisie has been around for longer than that, but it was not a professional league until 1956, but the remnants of the Eredivisie was or had begun in 1898 was the first remnants, and this was a playoff championship to determine who was the champion of the Eredivisie. Uh, Before then, it was a whole bunch of regional leagues that then won their way to this playoff championship and that is how the reigning champion of the Netherlands was crowned and overall it stayed the same and an interesting fact it isn't our interesting fact of the week but an interesting fact while researching this was from 1898 to 1954 the league was all 
amateur. This was done on purpose by the Dutch Football Association or the Royal Dutch Football Federation. They did this on purpose and this was all due to the quote-unquote lack of support in the country they felt they didn't have as much support as these other countries and thus created the Amateur League back in the 1898, roughly around 1898, and they remained amateur until 1954, more specifically 1954, there was the North Sea Flood in 1953, they then had the Dutch players that were mainly playing abroad due to the fact of the Dutch League being amateur. They were not allowed to have any salaries or any transfer fees if they were to come into these Dutch teams. It also was a penalty if you received such fees or salaries, which is an interesting, interesting bit of information. But after this North Sea flood in 1953... You had many Dutch players playing abroad, organizing a charity match with the French national team. Now, when it came to this game, the Netherlands ended up winning this game 2-1 to one against the national French side. This really invigorated the Dutch public to have a professional team saying, hey, We've got the talent to be able to compete with it with a national side like France. Why do we not have a professional team? Why don't we have a professional league? And thus created this Eredivisie Professional League that was founded in 1956. And thus, from then on, the league remained permanent. And of course, and I hope I, I don't ever see it, taken away from professional status but for this foreseeable future it has been a professional league since then now when it comes to the champions of the Netherlands I want to go ahead and state here that this does include amateur titles that were won before the professional Eredivisie League had been created so again the amateur leagues are included in this tally if you are interested in a non-amateur league title list when it comes to the more successful Dutch sides I will be more than happy to do that research just let me know on our Twitter or our Facebook just let me know but as of right now the reigning champion with the most Dutch league titles is Ajax with 36 titles, their first one coming in 1917-1918 season, and the latest one, of course, being this year in 2021-22 season. Now, in second place, you have PSV Eindhoven with 24 league titles under their belt. The first one coming in 1928 to 1929, and the latest one being in 2017-18. Now, in third place, you have Feyenoord with 15 league titles under their belt. The first one in 1923-24, and the latest one being in 2016-17. Now, 
this is where it goes to teams that aren't as well known but of course with this list we do the top five and I'm happy to say that in fourth place we have HVV Den Haag with 10 league titles under their belt with the first one coming in 1890-91 season and the last one coming in 1913-1914 season now with the fifth and final spot of the most successful Dutch sides, we have Sparta Rotterdam with 16 titles under their belt. The first one in 1908 and the last one being in 1958-59. That will wrap up the most successful Dutch champions or the Dutch teams that have the most titles. Now with the breakdown of the league, this is a bit of a more interesting scenario. Not as interesting as the Belgian league, but interesting in its own right. Now with the playoffs and earning European competition status in the Netherlands, you of course have first and second place gaining entrance into the Champions League if you earn one of those two spots. Now, third place to eighth place is a bit of a toss-up, and that is actually where it goes to a playoff. There is a playoff for these positions, to the best of my knowledge, and the winners of these playoffs between specific teams, and of course, so you have fourth playing seventh, you have fifth playing sixth, and then of course, you have the remaining fixtures after that going against each other. And then the winners of this winning the playoffs, you end up getting gaining entrance into the other continental competitions if you place in specific areas. Now, you also have the Dutch Cup gaining entrance into the Europa League as well. You do not have to base off your league status to get entrance into the continental competitions which is very interesting and a lot of other leagues do this as well but speaking of the Dutch Cup this is a this has been a very long and very storied history this has a much longer history when it comes to the competition because it doesn't have to have that amateur slash professional status to it. It is a cup competition and it has been recognized as a cup competition since 1898. So it is over 124 years old. In that 124 year history, we have had lots of different winners when it comes to this cup and the most dominant team of this comp cup competition the Dutch Cup is Ajax their first of 20 Dutch Cup titles came in 1917 and the last one coming in 2021 the second place most successful in the Dutch Cup competition is Feyenoord with 13, their first coming in 1930, and their latest one coming in 2018. In third place, you have PSV Eindhoven with 10 titles under their belt, the first one in 1915, and the last one being this previous 
year in 2022. In fourth place, we have AZ Alekmar with four titles under their belt. The first one being in 1978 and the latest one being in 2013. And lastly, we have C.V. Quick or Quick Den Hog with four cups to their name. The first one in 1909 and the latest one being in 1916 was the last time they won the competition. Overall, a very healthy competition when it comes to the three big sides in the Netherlands, which leads to our next two bits of information. The teams that have never been relegated from the Eredivisie are three teams specifically. Those teams are Ajax, PSV Eindhoven, and Feyenoord have never been relegated from the Eredivisie League since its inception as a professional league and as well as the rivalry when it comes to the Netherlands. It is the traditional top three, the big three in the Netherlands, Ajax, Feyenoord, and PSV Eindhoven. The majority of the Dutch titles are consistently won by these three teams. Of course, Ajax have won the most Eredivisie titles as well as Dutch titles, but overall, this is a very competitive, and anytime you can see these matches between PSV and Ajax, or PSV and Feyenoord, or Feyenoord and Ajax. It is a absolutely jam-packed action competition and game that you will be watching from beginning to end, wondering if they could possibly be either at each other's throats or just overall a unbelievably competitive matchup that could end badly when it comes to Sometimes the violence has brought reared its ugly head in these situations. It's not something that people like to think when it comes to football matches, but these two or these three, I'm sorry, these three soccer teams are very heated when it comes to their matches and they always show it going in for every ball winning tackle as well as just situations in the air trying to get that upper hand against their opponent now. Our interesting fact of the week this week is there is one man in particular that has played and managed for all three of these big three teams, Ajax, PSV Eindhoven, and Feyenoord, and this man is Ronald Koeman. He has been a Dutch legend for a very long time. He played for Ajax between 1983 and 1986. Played for PSV Eindhoven from 1986 to 1989, and then played for Feyenoord in 1995 to 1997. He then coached all three sides, Ajax from 2001 to 2005, PSV Eindhoven from 2006 to 2007, and then Feyenoord from 2011 to 2014. What would be interesting here is I wonder if Ronald Koeman is in talks with Ajax having Eric Ten Hag leave 
Ajax if Ronald Koeman is going back to Ajax. Uh, that'd be a very interesting, interesting situation overall to be looking into, but this is going to be our episode this week. I'm so sorry to not have the extra man advice of the week, but being that the previous episode was an hour long and this one growing over the 30-minute mark, I wanted to go ahead and have it cut right here. If you have not, go ahead and go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the Wormburner Podcast. And if you have not checked out our Twitter, it is Wormburner PDCSD. Again, that is at WormburnerPDCST. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and I will see you guys next week with a ample amount of information going into this next week. I know that there may not be a whole lot of soccer, but there is going to be a lot of transfers possibly going through within this next couple of weeks. I'm so excited for it. So stay safe, have fun, and love soccer. I'll talk to you guys next week. Ciao, everyone.